Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another Porsche Cooled podcast. Uh, the podcast where we just talk about Porsche, uh, we talk about our love of Porsche, and we talk about all things Porsche. Uh, this podcast is coming from you, uh, coming from this podcast. I will say that again. This podcast is coming live from Bahrain. Uh, my name is Michael Bath. I'm based in Bahrain, and this is an extension. This podcast is an extension of my YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't been there already, check it out. If you like watches, if you like uh, Porsche, if you like talking about watches, you like looking at watches, and you like talking about Porsche, uh, I own both. I own a 997 Porsche, and I have a few watches in my collection, not a huge amount, but a few watches. Um, so if you're interested in that sort of thing, um, head over to my YouTube channel. Uh, Michael, uh, if you just do a search for Michael Bath, it will come up. It's also in the description of this podcast. So what did I want to talk about today? Uh, and also this podcast you can find as well. I should I should always mention this and I always forget. It's on Apple Podcast, obviously the number one source to find it. Uh, it's on Google Music. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes Radio. Uh, it's on lots of the major podcast platforms. In fact, the easiest way to find it, if you if you can't find it, is go to Google, do a search for Porsche Cooled, one word, and then podcast, and all the uh, all the uh, podcast platforms will come up. And there's a lot of them. I'm on pretty much all of them. Uh, so you should be able to find something that you're used to that you're used to listening to your podcast too. I know I listen to podcasts all the time. I'm, I've become a big fan, and I'm listening to lots of things about. Uh, both cars, about Porsche, and are both about uh, watches. So I'm quite enjoying that, especially when you exercise. I think podcasts are great, a great way to uh, zone out and uh, enjoy the, the the time in the day where you can just sort of chill and not think about too much. Anyway, today I just thought I'd talk about uh, the Targa, actually, the Porsche Targa. Um, the Porsche Targa is had. What can we say? It's had a little bit of a it's had a little bit of a mixed history. Now let me just fix up my voice because there's something really weird going on. I think that might be better now. There's something weird going on with my levels. Sorry about that. I hope the beginning of this podcast is actually okay. I've never been a and I'm gonna contradict myself after this later in this podcast, but I've never been a Cabriolet fan. I've never been a big fan of the Cabriolet. And not because I I, I see myself as a Porsche uh, purist. Uh, as you know, Porsche purists prefer not to have an open roof 911. Uh, the rigidity, the 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 driving experience, etc. They would prefer to have a hardtop. I think. I think over the years, I think you know, I still think the older Porsche Cabriolets look good. Uh, I would not buy an 80s Porsche Cabriolet uh, purely because I don't really like how they how the top opens and how they're sort of left at the back with the canvas. I'm not sure how it even. It's just the detail of it just never look right to me. <clears throat> In saying that. Um, you see them on the road, and they always look cool. Uh, I would not, I would not buy a Cabriolet, an old air-cooled Cabriolet, though. Uh, not saying there's anything wrong with it. Just my personal opinion. I would not, um, I would not buy one. So I've never been a really been a Cabriolet fan, and I guess it's because we always base the idea of a Cabriolet on the older style Cabriolets with the with the canvas roof, with the plastic window that that eventually goes. Uh, yellow or white and you can't see out of it you know you can fix that with polish but it's always been a little bit of a compromise yeah it's nice to have the top down but if you live in climates like australia for example uh, surely here in the middle east it's you know i see a few cabriolets here and people driving them in winter with the tops down but honestly even in australia i just don't know how you could deal with it in the middle east when here in bahrain the temperature is you know in peak summer it's like 46 47 and feels like 50 um 50 the celsius i'm talking about so 
you know, there's compromises for a cabriolet. Sure, they look, they can look cool. You know what I mean? Sure, they can look cool, and they have associations which some people still have stuck in their head. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say the occupation that they're always named after, but you know, convertibles have a bit of a flamboyant sort of personality. In saying that, in saying that, and I'm not trying to offend uh, my viewers, and I know there's a few of them who actually own cabriolets, so I'm not. I'm not uh, putting the Cabriolet down. It's just never been on my list. Now, the Targa is another matter. The Targa, you know, I have to say I've always been a fan of the Targa. Um, I kicked myself that 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I didn't buy a old air-cooled Targa. Um, they were basically, in Australia, I know, in, and when they were for sale, they were basically giving them away. Uh, they were so much cheaper than the basic uh, air-cooled, you know, the SCs and the the G50 air-cooleds and, uh, you know, the <coughs> the um, 964s and things like that. Targas were very, very cheap. Uh, they were very, very cheap and they were a little bit unloved, actually. And then, you know, but then the air-cooled Targas still had a better look to them when the 996 and the 997 Targas, let's be honest, they lost their way a little bit with that glass roof structure. I don't even know how it works really, but the 996s and 997s uh, probably will become collectible because they are a little bit of an oddity uh, compared to the normal Targas, I guess, from the air-cooled to the 991 generation. You know, they're kind of a little bit, they're a bit of an oddity. They're a bit of an outlier. They're a bit of you know, and, and no matter if you're collecting cars or you're collecting watches, it's those ones that have that little bit of point of difference that always seem to be worth a lot of money in times to come. If that's if that's the sort of thing that you, um, if you're looking at. Anyway, the, the Targa. So, so the Targa air-cooled, you know, you could have had good, you could have bought a really nice example. People love the Targa now. Uh, you've only just got to look at Instagram and a lot of the Porsche Insta, Insta accounts and people love the Targa and there's some beautiful ones out there. Uh, in the air-cooled generation. Um, just remember the Targa, um, the latest Targa was just released. Uh, the original Targa was actually, came out, when was the first Porsche 911? So it must have been, it was 1965, wasn't it? The original Targa model was 1965. Um, that characteristic uh, roll hoop, you know, that removable roof section uh, above, the, above the two front seats, obviously there's no rear seats. That wraparound uh, rear window, you know what I mean, um, and that that those key features, you know, because they were lost in the 996 and 997. I don't think the Targa was that popular in that those two generations. Then in comes the 991, and the 991 relives the the essence of the Targa. It brings back those 60s and 70s, you know, Targa moments. And you know, I have to say, when the 991 Targa was released, the first generation, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I thought it was fantastic, and I still like it today. Uh, they were very popular. They're very popular in London. Uh, when we were spending more time in London before we came to Bahrain, I used to see them everywhere, uh, especially around Mayfair. Uh, it was either Turbo S or Targa. Uh, they were the two popular models that uh, that the uh, people who live in Mayfair used to uh, favour. Um, I like the 991 Targa. I like how it's got the, the silver hoop like the original. I like how you can option that in anthracite sort of black. Uh, I think it's got a beautiful, beautiful shape. I mean, that roof is just amazing. The automatic roof, how it just opens and closes in, you know, less than 20 seconds. And the mechanism of it, you know, it's a bit of a show-off thing. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, you know, like, 
you're posing a little bit when you open and close your targa, but it is very, very cool. It is very, very cool. So as you know, that was a 991, then they had the 991.2. Uh, I always look at the prices of 991 targas, uh, and I always refer to Australia, as you guys know, because that's where I'm originally from, that's where my Porsche is, that's where it's stored. Um, and I always refer really most of the time to Australian prices and UK prices. So I apologize to all my US, uh, US and European listeners, as well as other countries as well, but that's what I always quote in because it's just easier for me to remember the prices. So I keep looking at them, but they're still in the high, t they're still in $200,000 mark, early $200,000 mark. Um, they may come down, they may not. Uh, the Targa is one of those models uh, in the 991 generation because they are reasonably rare. I don't know the exact um, production numbers, but I read this on a few of the motoring sites and I think in a couple of reviews I saw on YouTube. They are quite rare, and the Targa actually really does hold its value. And I think even if you look in the UK, classifieds, auto trader on the UK, you look in Australia on car sales, Australia, I don't think they sold that many, but the prices are, you know, they, they're, they're firm, they're very firm. They haven't dropped that much. Um, a Carrera S, I think, has lost a lot more value in the last four or five years than a Targa. Um, so in that sense, they are probably a good investment. It is a pretty fantastic car. I like how it's not a full convertible. I like how the roof is just open above your head. I think the shape of it, I think the shape of it is just, looks slightly better than the Cabriolet. And I have to say, I don't think the latest Cabriolet, the 991, and then we'll get into the 992, but even in the 991 Cabriolet, I think the 991, 991 Cabriolet in certain colors is absolutely beautiful shape. I mean, the roof, the, the, the canvas roof, how they integrate it into the body you know, the tightness of the roof, the, the quickness of, of opening the roof and the whole line. I mean, the line of, of, of the two-door coupe, of the, of the coupe is, is not lost. You know what I mean? It's not lost in a Cabriolet and it sure is not lost in a Targa. I mean, the Targa is just, to me, it's, it's, it's iconic Porsche. It really is an iconic Porsche shape. Um, and as you would know, if you've been looking at the news and the releases, uh, Porsche has just released a new uh, Targa for 2020, I think it's going to be the 2021 model. 2021 model. Uh, it was released virtually, I think, last week. Um, so it's the 992 Targa. Uh, I'm not sure of the prices. I haven't actually read, but the the typical sort of specs is going to have PDK, all-wheel drive, Porsche traction management, uh, all the sort of things. Sport Chrono, uh, the same technology like in the latest 991s and 992 91s. Same dash layout, of course. Uh, the um, what else? And then you can personalize it. You know, with uh, Porsche exclusive manufacturer, you can actually personalize it even more and spend even more money to make it to make it more unique to your uh, to your liking, to your taste. It looks like a traditional Targa. It has you know. You look at the the side pillar and and the the riding, especially when it's in silver. It harks back to those early Targas from 1965. 1970. The DNA of Porsche is there. The DNA of the Targa is strong. Porsche always really do this very, very well. They really do design cars and they, you know, like they always get criticized every 911 looks the same, but to keep this design and to keep it modern and to keep it for today when it's when it was brought out in 1965 is, is quite a feat. It's not easy, you know what I mean? It's harder to design. It's like they say when you design a house 
if you're designing a house that is, has minimal architecture, has minimal features, or a building, you know, the detailing of that building, the detailing of your walls, the detailing of where the floor meets the wall, the detailing of everything is so, so important. And it takes a lot of hours and it takes a lot of uh, specialist craftsmen, specialist engineers in the case of Porsche to actually design it and to actually build it so that that essence is still there. And that, that, that is the hard part of design. And I think, you know, Porsche is one of those car companies that really does uh, excel in, in that um, in that field. Um, but yeah, so there's a new Targa out. Uh, there's a Targa 4 and I think there's a Targa 4S. Um, I don't think they only come in two-wheel drive, do they? They only come in four-wheel drive. I think that's one of the reasons why I was never big. F I wasn't completely sold because it's only a 4S and a 4. Um, so no, none of the just the rear-wheel drive Targas. It is the four, um, the four-wheel drive system. But you know, I think the pictures that I've seen of the 992, it's weird though. The 992 Targa does actually look a lot like the 991. The 992. Uh, the 992 Carrera and Carrera S look similar to the 991, but they still look different, I think. I think there's enough difference there to see that it's a different model. The Targa looks very similar in the pictures. Um, even the back doesn't look that different, even with the light bar going straight across. Um, to me, anyway, it looks, it looks pretty much the same. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. How do you guys feel about the Targa? Do you like it? I mean, as I said before, and I'm going to contradict what I said earlier in this podcast, um, I don't really like cabriolets, but in saying that, I have been looking, and, and you'll, if you've listened to my previous podcast on the 996 and my idea about buying another 911, uh, even just to go alongside my 997 Carrera, um, if I was going to buy another one, I am looking at 996s. I look at the prices, uh, and the prices appeal to me uh, very much. And I know they're a lot more expensive than US and UK prices, but as I said before, a 996, apart from the Carrera 4S, I have been looking at the Cabriolet. And I've been looking at the Cabriolet because there's a beautiful uh, oak green, I think it is called, oak green metallic uh, Cabriolet for sale at Auto House Hamilton in Sydney, the Porsche specialist in Sydney, who actually serviced my car. I noticed online they've got an oak green 996 Cabriolet. And as I said, I've never been a really big fan of the Cabriolet, but I keep looking at that car and it hasn't sold and I, I keep scouring the 996s for sale with manual transmission, of course. And uh, this one always comes up. And there's a couple of others there. Uh, there's a couple of others there that have the two-piece wheels, which are a nicer wheel. There's a lot of them that have come up that people have switched out the original navigation and put the new navigation and move the air conditioning you know, control down in the Cabriolet. I actually like the idea of getting one that hasn't been updated, that is very original. Uh, the one at Auto House Hamilton is very original. Uh, it's 42,000 Australian dollars, so it's a little bit on the high end for a cabaret, but it's on the low end based on a 996 Carrera. Uh, 996 Carreras sell for about mm, 55, 60,000 in Australia. I know you can get them a lot cheaper in the US, um, but the cabaret is 42. And I think there's a deal to be done there because it's been sitting there for a while. But it's in really, really good condition, has around 120,000 kilometers on it. Um, and it looks good. Black interior, oak green metallic. Uh, I may, uh, these podcasts do actually go onto my YouTube channel. Uh, sometimes I put images up and other times I don't. Um, I know some of you said you like to see the images. A lot of you said it doesn't matter that you just want to listen to it on YouTube instead of on a podcast platform. 
So there could be an image showing that car, or, or I might uh, I might just do this as a purely audio um, audio experience, a podcast experience. But it's basically oak green metallic, basic Carrera 996, 1998 model, uh, black interior. So anyway, here I am saying at the beginning of this podcast that I've never been a fan of the Cabriolet, but the Targa's a different matter. Well, I think this is where the Targa has been particularly important for Porsche. And I think the reintroduction of the Targa in the 991 actually made the Cabriolet more appealing. Um, I know there's a certain market for the Cabriolet. I don't know how many Porsche sell compared to the Carrera or Carrera S hardtop, but it. I, I, I think that the, the Targa has actually assisted to make the, the Cabriolet better. And I think the design of the Targa and the design of the 991, where they pushed the envelope a little bit more again. The Targa looked amazing when it came out. The 991 Cabriolet looked amazing. The 992 Cabriolet, I think, looks even better than the 991. Uh, the big high back, it seems always seems higher, the back on a Cabriolet. Uh, the roof, how it's so streamlined with the body in the 992. The ease of the, the uh, sound deadening in the roof. Um, the experience inside the Cabriolet is not like an old Cabriolet where there's squeaks and noises. Uh, it's very well engineered now. Um, so there is there is an appealing there is that appealing element of the new Cabriolet, and I wouldn't say outrule it, and I probably wouldn't outrule it. But if it was my choice, I would still pick a Targa over a Cabriolet. But then again, if I'm buying an older 996 and I want to pick up something that's a bargain and have, let's just call it a project car. Uh, I know that's being thrown around a lot lately on YouTube, but let's just say it's a project car, or it's an it's it's an addition to my 997. Uh, I do like the idea of having my 997 Carrera S, which is in Arctic Silver. Those of you who haven't seen it, it's, it has the lobster claw wheels. The lobster claw wheels were custom painted by a gentleman in uh, London called XL Wheels, Chris at XL Wheels. And it was painted in OB4, I think it's called, Satin Platinum, which is the Porsche. At the time, for the 991 was a Carrera S GT4 wheel color, so it's actually a Porsche color. So therefore, it matches the uh, Porsche caps as well, the colored Porsche crest caps. Uh, and I also have a stripe on the side, which is sort of Singer Star, which matches into the silver car. So I thought a green, a, a green Cabriolet, a green Cabriolet would actually complement the 997. And I really like the idea of the green Cabriolet, and I like the idea of doing uh, as per Lee Sibley has done on, I think he calls himself that Porsche guy, Total 911 editor. His uh, Porsche 996 that he had repainted in a green. Uh, it's not oak green metallic, I think it's Irish green. Um, he, put the, he put the Fuchs wheels on his car. And I really like the idea of that, of changing the wheels, uh, making it just a little bit better, fixing the exhaust, those sort of things. And I think, you know, if I just had one car, I probably wouldn't just buy a Cabriolet. If I had one 911, it probably wouldn't be a Cabriolet. It may be a Targa though. I, I, I think a Targa as a one car 911, it could be okay. I've never driven one. I've never driven the new ni the 991 or 992. But I think the driving experience will be quite, uh, quite uh, amazing. And I really love that glass back window. I think that window, that one piece of glass, God knows how much it would cost if it broke, but I think that that piece of glass on the back is just, is really special. Uh, it's really, really special. So anyway, that's that's my Cabriolet Targa story. Uh, I do regret not buying a Targa, an old air cool one. Um, 
But, you know, we all make mistakes. We all forget about, you know, we can always look back and say, I wish I would have, I wish I would have. Uh, the thing is, the time is now. Uh, and that's why I'm thinking about it. And I keep looking every every couple of days I look on uh, car sales in Australia and I see that, that that 996 is still for sale. And I think, ah, should I just buy it? But then if I buy it, what am I going to do with it? You know, I'm based in Bahrain. What do I do? Do I do I put it into storage? I pay 40000 for a car that's just going to sit in storage. Do I buy it and say, you know, to my brother, you know, can you pick it up can you, and you can drive it? But then, you know... I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, it's a, it's a very weird situation because it, it would cost money to buy it. It would cost money to store it. Uh, you'd have to find somewhere to store it in Australia, in Sydney, which is not easy. And then, you know, wait till I come back to Australia to actually enjoy it and to have fun with it and make YouTube videos for you guys so you can actually uh, get some more Porsche content. Um, so I guess I'm thinking out loud. That's what I like about these podcasts. They're kind of like thinking out loud. Um, but... Like I said, I know most people will go with the hardtop 911. They'll go with the coupe, coupe, coupe. Uh, but you know, we shouldn't overlook. We shouldn't overlook the Targa, and we shouldn't overlook the new models of the Cabriolet because they really are. They are quite special. And I guess the Cabriolet too. In all fairness, and I know people that listen to me, uh, you know, the 997 Cabriolet was pretty good. It was pretty good. I just think the 991 is when the Cabriolet just it just stepped up a couple of notches, and it just became, you know. Pretty damn nice. That's all I can say. Pretty damn nice. Um, just a short podcast today. Uh, I apologize. This is uh, I'm recording this on Friday. This will go up on uh, all the podcast platforms today, tonight, uh, for Friday, um, and then it will go up onto YouTube in the next day or so, probably for Saturday. Uh, I was trying to do two of these podcasts a week. It may go back to two a week. Uh, I know I've only done one for the past couple of weeks. Uh, just due to other commitments here in uh, in Bahrain, but I appreciate all the uh, all the feedback. I appreciate all the uh, the follows that I've been getting, and I also appreciate all the downloads. Uh, the downloads are going a little bit crazy. It surprised me. I really really appreciate it. I never thought that people would uh, stick with me for for thirty minutes or so and and enjoy this podcast. But I've been getting lots of positive feedback from you, from all you guys, and uh, I really really appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. Anyway, my name is Michael Bath. Uh, this is the Porsche Cool Podcast. Um, thanks for listening, and we will talk soon. Bye for now. <laughs>